Droppables Playbook, a football podcast. With your hosts, Ashley and Michael, please sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Undroppables Playbook, a football podcast presented by the Undroppables and sponsored by Analyst Depot. I am one of your hosts, Ashley. This is my lovely co-host, Michael Duncan. How are you? I'm Dandy. How are you? I'm good. It's been a long week, but I'm going on vacation tomorrow. So. It's only Wednesday. I know. It's really been a long one, though. Like today felt like a Friday for how long Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday were. That must have been a great feeling. No. I love Fridays. No. No, it, like if it was a Friday, it would be a great feeling, but because the week was so long, it's only know. Wednesday. I know, I know. Anyway, we're gonna jump right into it. We have a lot of stuff to talk about today. Our order is gonna be a little bit jumbled up today. We have a lovely guest on to start us off, and then we're gonna hop into news, of which there is a lot, and we're gonna go into our division storylines, preseason storylines for the NFC South. But first, let us welcome a fellow Undroppables member, Jose, who is currently studying for his Doctor of Physical Therapy, big UGA fan, and our injury analyst here at the Undroppables. I hate you for it. You had to wear it on the podcast. Of course, of course. I like that team a lot more than I did like six months ago because now two of them are Eagles. So yeah, you drafted all of our players. Yeah, I'm, yeah. hey, I mean, I'll take it. Yeah, Listen, what I in. will take is the fact that I beat Jose in a March Madness deal, you and did. he had to wear an Alabama mm-hmm. hat. You did, you did. It was my yeah. one of my greatest feats. And the hat. thing was, you had several teams in that tournament, and you picked the one that I, I beat. <laughs> Series so, of unfortunate events. It really was. And I got Jose, big Georgia guy, to wear oh. an Alabama hat. If you'd like to see that, go to his profile because it's still there. It um, either way, we're going to jump right into a bunch of injury news. I know these past last year was heinous for injuries. We've had a lot of training camp and pretty severe training camp injuries, what feels like a little bit more than normal. Um, so we'll jump right into that. Um, kind of are not going to have a super big flow. We're going to flow here, not super structured. Um, but why don't we start us off with some of the training camp injuries? I mentioned to you before the show, my very sad about Tim Patrick yeah. with the ACL, where he's going to be missing the entire season. You think just the season or anything longer than that? Um, yeah, I would, I would guess just the season. Um, unfortunately, he doesn't have age on his side. I think he's 28. Um, so, you know, the Russell Wilson coming in, you know, I was expecting him to kind of be kind of like a little bit of a sleeper guy that, you know, people look at Sutton and Judy to be kind of the guys there, but, you know, they call him touchdown Tim for a reason. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, he'll, he'll obviously miss the whole season. Um, I don't know if he had any other structures involved outside of the ACL. I, I tried to read, but, you know, this early, uh, normally they kind of might wait like a week or so to get an MRI due to the inflammation that occurs mm-hmm. in the knee. So it's hard to say just yet um, if, you know, if he has MCL, meniscus, et cetera, involved. Um, but regardless, he'll miss the whole year. Um, normally surgery can be delayed a couple of weeks. Like I just said, with the inflammation, you know, you don't want to go in there whenever the joint's super inflamed. And, um, so he probably, you know, should have surgery by the end of the month. Um, and, you know, typical timeline is, you know, that kind of nine to 12 month mark. Um, so yeah, I do expect him. you know, obviously should be back by training camp next year, but yeah, it, it is a big, uh, big hit for the Broncos. 
so they to have go a million along, other receivers. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> uh, so actually, to ask about one of those receivers, KJ Hamler is a guy that I really liked. Uh, afraid of bears, and he is afraid of bears. <laughs> Understandably, they're very large and very scary. Uh, he's going into his third year. Last offseason, he suffered from a, I believe, a torn ACL as well as a hip injury in about week three. He's about to be activated off the pup. He might have already been, but I saw the news like a day ago or so. Um, are we thinking that he's going to be able to maybe step into that role and that he's going to be able to handle being back on a football field? Like, what are your thoughts, I guess, on his recovery and ability to replace some of what Tim Patrick is leaving? Yeah. Um, time frame wise, he should be good, I would assume. Um, you know, they, they are different body type players. You know, I think Tim Patrick's like 6'4. And yeah. then KJ's like, I don't even know how tall he is, but he's obviously, very not, obviously not 6'4. Uh, definitely like a speedy guy. Um, so I, I would expect him to have a good year. Um, you know, if you do have, you know, an ACL tear, you know, obviously it's extremely unfortunate. But if you do have one, you know, you do want it to be towards the beginning of the season so that you have that time on your side. Um, so I, I don't know anything about the hip injury, um, but I would assume, you know, based on simply time frame, and uh, that they're about to activate him. I don't see why he wouldn't be good for the season. Um, you know, research does show that, you know, production does go down within that first year uh, post-op. So I wouldn't be reaching for him per se in drafts, um, but definitely a guy that I would have a, you know, be totally okay targeting um, because, you know, Russell Wilson, that offense, everyone expects it to be explosive. So I don't see why a, uh, a speedy guy that, you know, potentially comes out of the slot can't be, you know, Russ's check down guy. Now, recovering the production going down based off of, is that a, for a specific injury or injuries in general? Uh, I'm spe specifically talking ACL. Um, okay. All research shows just they, you know, they look at these guys that um, are elite status. Obviously, every person that's in the NFL is of elite status, right? Mm -hmm. Um and then they compare like their pre-injury production to their post-injury production. And that first year after, it's always like statistically different. Like it's, there's a noticeable difference in, you know, whatever uh, thing that you're trying to yeah. measure with those athletes, it's, it's obvious. So. Interesting. I didn't know that. I, I mean, obviously like your eyes can tell you that, but yeah. stats telling you that is a lot more. Um, one of my big questions, I think it's a bunch of questions wrap up into one. We do have a sheet that Jose provided with us with those, with some notes. Mine is more quarterbacks, right? You have a lot of quarterbacks who got hurt last year, um, mm -hmm. whether it be for only a few weeks or longer than that. I see my New York Giants superstar Daniel Jones on that list. Um, is there any quarterbacks we can talk in fantasy? Yeah, that's why I, I, I cringed a little bit when I said superstar for those listeners who don't have the video. Why um, lying? <laughs> Why? There's no reason to. Because I have to believe it. I have to believe it. And you can believe that he's an average quarterback. That's where I start. But you I'm see? gonna get my hopes up and yeah. Average. I would hope he's an average quarterback. Average. average. That would be average. my hope for this season. Is average. <laughs> Either way, with quarterbacks coming off of injury, is there anyone in fantasy or in general football that you're really staying away from, or anyone you're looking to heavily target? Um, stay away from maybe uh, Michael Gallup. Uh, not that I don't believe in the talent, but he was injured like week 17, week 18, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, so he doesn't have time on his side. Um, 
So I think, I don't know when, what date that falls around, but I think it's like early January maybe. So if, if it does, if it unfolded to where he was delayed three to four weeks in surgery and then now he's not having surgery till, um, you know, February. And then, you know, research shows that um, the nine month mark is what you want for ACL uh, return to play. Not that you can't return before it, but that the injury for the risk for re-injury goes significantly down for whatever reason after that nine month mark. Um, so obviously, you know, the medical staffs of these NFL teams know this, so they have mm-hmm. no reason to rush these guys back. Um, so the if Cowboys they, did just lose James Washington, though, which is a little bit of a reason for them to rush back after selling right. CD. Yeah. And then, so I like that. I know what you're meaning, that the yeah. facilities don't want to, but in a team struggling with injuries, it might feel like that's a possibility for them to try and speed up Gallup's return. Yeah, I think the most recent report read is that, you know, Gallup is also admitting that he's not going to be ready for week one. I did see which, that. Um, you know, these athletes always – you know, hold themselves in such high regard that they can, you know, do anything, of, you know, physical and all these things. So it is, I think it's obvious that he's not ready if he's also admitting it. Um, so like, you know, kind of another person that we might talk about, J.K. Dobbins, you know, he's still on the pup, but he's very vocal about, yeah, I'm ready. They need to clear me, mm-hmm. et cetera. But Gallup, you know, still, what, six weeks out from the season, five weeks out from the season, he's already admitting that he's not going to be ready for week one. Um Again, not saying I don't believe in the talent, but I'm not going to be drafting them to, you know, try and help me win games early in the season. If I can get him as a steal late and he falls, yeah, why not? And uh, I would say the the same goes for OBJ. Um, you know, he's still not signed, but you know he tore his ACL in the Super Bowl, which is you know early mid February. You know these uh, like deeper startup drafts, or you know even Scott Fishbowl, I saw people reaching for him. And I don't see it like earliest. I see him coming back, even if he's signed is like mid November. And so I just think there's way more value there for other people around that time than, you know, a 28, 29 year old receiver that's coming off an ACL that you know got fixed in like February. So real quick, can you explain to me why it's a bigger deal that J.K. Dobbins not only towards ACL, but also towards LCL, and I believe his meniscus as well. Like, how, why does that matter? And why are we seeing that it, it sounds like it's a slower recovery for J.K. Dobbins? And it sounds like there's a chance he might be more hampered when he comes back this season. Yeah, for sure. So, the oh, ACL... but also, can you say it in like the dumbest way? Yeah, yeah. no, so I got I you. I got understand. you. Um, so, scientific terms, right? So, the ACL is responsible for preventing anterior translation of the tibia, which is basically stops the tibia from coming forward. Um, And so the LCL is, you know, on the outside of the knee. And so it's responsible from preventing the um, uh, tibia going laterally or outside. So they, they, it's two different directions, right? So you can think ACL kind of front to back and uh, LCL side to side. And so with, like a strict ACL tear, you can incorporate that lateral movement and rehab sooner because you don't have that damage structure, right? So if the LCL is also torn, you have to allow that to heal. And so you're way, you're delaying that lateral movement more. So the rehab is slower. You have to allow it to heal with the rehab being slower. Your strength gains 
are slower. The athlete, unlike the psychosocial aspect of it, doesn't trust it as soon. So it's just a lot of complications. Um, you know, typically, you know, it might add a couple weeks, et cetera. It's not like it's going to add three months to his, you know, rehab, but it is, it is definitely a factor. So it's not so much that it, like, it's not a huge increase in the time it takes to heal. It's more so just like it takes longer for the athlete to mentally get that under him, especially for, I, I would assume like Brad, we have in the comments, um, who he said he tore his ACL, LCL, meniscus. Uh, he is a washed up D three college lineman. That is his Twitter bio. I am not. I am not insulting him. Um, but I can, I can imagine. Like I mean, I remember when Jason Peters like tore his Achilles like twice, two times yeah. in a row. He came back. He was just fine. I I feel like as someone that is playing a position where so much is dependent on planting and cutting at all times, like the mental side of it, and like not just like mental as in like, Oh, I need to convince myself. It's like me mentally matching up what you want to do with your body being okay with doing it yeah. is what's going to be the much bigger hurdle for JK with this ACL, LCL and meniscus rather than just the ACL. Did I summarize that? Well, yeah, exactly. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I love that we brought that up. Um, so Jose, I think I've told you and, and our listeners, my undergrad degree is in public health. So I love all things science, data, yeah. analytics. Um, so I did research at the end. It was last year when Cam Akers, so uh, about a year ago when Cam Akers got hurt um, in the mental recovery from injury and how what the, the reason that I did was because of all the hate that was spewed at cam makers because everyone hyped him up in fantasy and saying hey it's a lot bigger mental game than it is physical you know uh, science has come so far in the last 30 years where now our science is getting us so far so fast and our brain isn't catching up yeah. and a lot of it was just you have to sit on the sidelines and watch your team do it without you and then get back out on the field and say they were doing it without me, whether it's subconscious or consciously, you're saying my team stepped up when I wasn't there. I'm going to be able to step up now that I'm back. Is my body going to be the same? Should I really make that plant or should I just let that guy get a couple extra yards? It's just all like a huge culmination of depression and anxiety and fear coming back from a, an injury that has three facets rather than one. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you got to remember that, you know, we all play fantasy and it's all fun, but football is these guys livelihood mm -hmm. um you know it's how they're making their money etc so if they're you know not performing well they could miss out on an extension or their game check etc um so they they want to get back as soon as possible you know that's why you know i love working with athletes because you know i don't have to worry about oh do they really want to get back do they have some other thing that might be preventing them like no they want to get back on the field as soon as possible and sometimes it can be detrimental, you know, uh, you know, I want to help my team win, you know, with acres, you know, it's like, Oh, I want to help my team win the super bowl. Um, yeah. so yeah, there's people, I don't think acknowledge the like psychosocial aspect of injuries in these professional athletes because it is, you know, how they make money. It's their livelihood. Yeah. So they definitely want to get back as soon as possible and could potentially put themselves at risk for re-injury if they try and rush it back too quickly. Yeah. And with, 
with not coming back, I know we'll get into a little bit of running back talk here. I want to talk about running back. Duncan has a running back he wants to ask about. Um, talking about not coming back, we saw Chris Carson officially retire from the NFL this year after a slew of injuries. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about why you think he decided? I mean, we all know why, but a little yeah. bit about his injury and why that led to retirement rather than trying to make a push for coming back. Yeah, um, do you know the specifics on his injury? I know that he had, uh, a, I think he had a plate put in, correct? Yes, in his neck, I believe mm-hmm. it was what it was like high, up high on the neck. Let me yeah, get the yeah. exact injury for you. But hold yeah, on. so you know, necks are always concerning, right? Um, so with that, you know, he probably was having some like peripheral symptoms running down his arms, most likely. Um, you know, I don't have the exact details on his injury, but. Uh, with that hardware being put in in his neck. They had to fuse discs in his yeah. neck. That's what I had, but lower back, lumbar. Yeah, so so disc fusions are always bad. Um, I because know. they, what normally happens is they, they take out the disc um, in between the vertebrae, so there's no longer that protective. You get fused, and you can move yeah. like this instead of moving like a snake. Yeah, exactly. So it, it, it makes the like lever arm longer, which um, is never good. Uh, right, because you at, you want the motion to occur at the segment. So if it's a longer segment, et cetera. But um, so he was obviously dealing, you know, it's probably painful, obviously. But he was also dealing with uh, like peripheral symptoms, whether it be sensory or motor. I would assume that it's motor, um, that he was having, you know, maybe some limitation in how he can move his arms. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's really unfortunate. He's one, uh, one of my favorite players, you know, love, love Chris Carson. And um, I had a feeling whenever the news broke, I was like, ah, you know, I never good, right? Now, I was yeah. scared last year with Daniel Jones' injury. When they started talking about yes. his injury, it was it was concerning. I'm still that. worried about that. I'm still worried about that because he flew across like the country several times to seek yeah. medical help, and he's based in New York. Dung is going to say New Jersey, based in New York, New Jersey, which have some of the best medical care in the world. I That's mean, it. it's it's. California, New York, and Minnesota are some of the best hospitals in the world. And he was consistently flying from New York to California. Um, oh, that's is that Chris Carson's or is that just a regular? I believe this is Chris Carson's neck. Okay. Or at least wow. when he had done. So, yeah, so that's two that's, levels, too. Yeah, exactly. That's two levels that's fused. So it looks like uh, four to five and five to six. Um, wow. Yeah. Not that's what mine looks like. I, put a, I put a picture on the screen. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so that was that that was my worry with Daniel Jones last year, with the yeah. extent of which they were keeping everything very under wraps. Mm-hmm. I understand why they didn't uh, the, the team sucked anyway. Not letting him play was a smart thing, but not having him come back and having him fly across the country was one of my worries too. but i am I'm sad about chris carson. i I mm-hmm. also loved him. Um, but I think in the long run, playing with an injury For like sure. that is something you're risking your limbs from yeah. not working anymore you know at a running back position when you're getting tackled so heavily with such force mm-hmm. the risk of dis- fusions if they fuse correct like, are very hard to break but the risk of one wrong hit dislodging exactly. a fusion and becoming paralyzed i don't think is worth the risk yeah, exactly no, yeah, you, you stole you stole my words with him being a running back and just the amount of contact that they take mm-hmm. It's just yeah. not worth it, in my opinion. So I, I think he made yeah. the right personal choice. Yeah. Duncan, you want to ask about your running back? 
Uh, I actually wanted to ask about a different running back first. Um, And this actually, I was going to ask about this after you mentioned Cam Mm -hmm. Akers, but specifically uh, a running back that I absolutely love. uh, And that's James Robinson, who suffered (laughs) suffered an Achilles injury. uh, I forget when it was last season. I think it was toward the end. Um, But he suffered an Achilles injury and he's not even on the pup. Um, And for those of you that don't know what the pup is, it's the physically unable to perform list. And basically, if you start the offseason program in training camp on the pup, you can be taken off at any point, even after a single practice. Uh, But once training camp starts, you can't be put on the pup, um, but you can be put on the it's not. Oh, yeah, you can be put on the IR. Um, If you remain on the pup to the start of the season, um, you have to miss at least four games, which was changed this year. Um, so most people are, were kind of shocked that James Robinson was not put on the pop, especially after, included. A, yeah, mm-hmm. a very short amount of time after the Achilles injury. And I guess the question I'd like to ask is we saw Cam Akers come back. To be honest, he didn't really look great. Yeah. Um, we've never really seen a high level running back tear their Achilles and come back to the same level. Yeah. Cam Akers was going to be that kind of first example. Deonta Foreman has now come back like seemingly 19 years later. In reality, it's like three, <laughs> but it feels like a much longer period of time. Yeah. Um, will James Robinson be the person to break this streak? And also, why is this particular injury so difficult to come back from? Yeah. Um, so I was looking. So it looks like he tore week 16. Um, wow. So obviously late in the season. I forgot it was that late. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have him in my home league. So that, that one hurt my heart. Uh, big, mm-hmm. big James Robinson fan. Um, Duncan yeah. flew all the way to the to Europe to go watch him. Really, very nice. I did. He scored a touchdown right in front of me. <laughs> really nice. I tried to buy his jersey and they didn't have it for sale. And honestly, <laughs> I think that London should be Brexited from Brexit for that. I don't know if that I used confusing. those terms right, but it's yeah. fine. Yeah. Sorry, but... sorry, he interrupted you. No, <laughs> you interrupted. I know. <laughs> no, but if you if you look at the history of this injury, it, it's not good. And specific to running back, it is terrible. Um, so I think that's why the whole like Twitter community was up in arms after the Cam Akers injury, just kind of like riding him off the like, oh, his career's over, you know. Um, thankfully for both these guys, they do have age on their side. Um, I think you know, James Robbins is 23, I think Akers is also 23. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I was severely surprised at what Cam Akers was able to do. Um, the videos of his rehab servicing only like four months after injury was absurd, you know, cutting. Uh, doing all these running back drills crazy um so the achilles is like a terrible injury for these um high level athletes one like one reason is because the um achilles has a poor vascular supply so there's not a lot of blood flow in the area um and so you want a high blood flow uh for healing purposes you know that's how the body helps heal that tendon it brings the nutrients to the blood etc so with the blood supply being low it prolongs healing obviously and, um, and so the primary purpose of the Achilles is uh, plantar flexion or like pointing your toes down. And so that motion is like pertinent with running, right? You're going to push off of your, the ball of your feet um, to propel yourself forward, right? Um, so that in conjunction, with, in conjunction with the poor vascular supply, these in the, the incisions are normally large and it's just a, a rough injury to have if you're an athlete or not. And, um, so yeah, super surprised at what Cam Akers did. Um, 
you know, the recent reports is that James Robinson took some team drills today, which is crazy. Um, yeah, so I don't know if he's going to, you know, Cam Akers' efficiency last year was terrible post-injury, as ex- as expected, right? Uh, you know, any any major injury, their production is going to go down. Um, so I'm hoping that James Robinson can beat it. It, it's uh, it's so it's so new, right? Like this has not happened before. You don't have these guys coming back from Achilles so quickly. Um, so I'm really excited to see how it plays out. Um, I'm looking forward to see how Cam Akers does this year with uh, with him being able to come back. I want to see if those efficiency numbers go up um, with James Robinson. You know, the, I think you know it's it's coach speech, but Doug Peterson said that he thinks that he could be back by mid-August, which you know, is preseason, right? Yeah. That's crazy. That's wild. That's the thing I was talking about earlier, how crazy it is, how much science has developed. You know, 10 years ago within within the Achilles injury, we would just absolutely write them off. Yeah. Like, no way. They may never play football again. Yeah. Um, and now they're coming back in the same cycle of the season, you know, from, mm-hmm. from Cam Akers. And while Duncan and I have had many conversations on and off the podcast about how he didn't love what he looked like, but he mm. was able to make a recovery in the postseason after tearing his Achilles in yeah. the preseason, which is wild. Um, staying on the topic of running backs, I know Duncan brought him up in our pre-show, um, but I'll bring him up since he asked you about the last one. Saquon Barkley, who has a fairly long injury history. Who and in why, why, why don't I preface it with what some of his injuries were? I was going to do that. I literally okay, have a list well, right uh, okay. Here. I thought you were going to sugarcoat it. No, I wasn't going to sugarcoat it. Um, okay. I mean, the biggest ones for him were starting 2020 when he had a, I did look it up, non-contact ACL injury in week two of 2020, then strained his MCL in the same game. So it wasn't a tear, but strained the MCL. And then had a really, you called it freak accident, low ankle injury in week five last year, which was a total freak accident, but also absolutely disgusting. Um, I'm just wondering what your outlook is for him this year. I know you said you love him. Um, I do too. But as a, like, just looking at it from the outside, looking in without that love, what do you think his outlook is? Real quick, I just want to add, you did sugarcoat it. He (laughs) injured that he has had ankle sprains uh, twice in college, as well as another one in 2019. So freak accident or not, it's not the first time he's injured that same ankle. No, I agree. Yeah, there are ankle sprains. I usually don't mention those because most players have that. But I'm saying his his biggest injury started in 2020 with the ACL. And he was the same one who was not the same mentally afterwards. He would stutter step in the backfield mm-hmm. because he was just a little bit afraid to hit a tight hole and get through. Um, so I know you were going to say that the second I said it. Um, but you know, he, you could tell that he was doubtful of his own skills, but either way, you can answer my question. What is your outlook on him? Yeah. So I I love Saquon this year. Um, any, anytime, you know, a running back tears their ACL, you know, I I don't, I can't remember if I told, said in the episode or right before the show, but you know, efficiency numbers go down in that, uh, one year, the first year post injury. Um, so now he has that, you know, full year, you know, behind him, right. Um, wow, it is storming very loudly where I'm at. Wow. Um, <laughs> that's really loud. Um, I thought there was like some mic little interference. Yeah, yeah, no, that was a really loud. Lightning thunder there. outside. I love thunder. Um, like yeah, so he, he's a full another year removed from the injury, right? Um, the psychosocial aspect now is obviously he should be, you know, trusting it way more. 
the videos coming out of training camp, you know, these super acrobatic catches that he's making makes me believe that he does fully trust it. Um, you know, he is a freak athlete, obviously, you know, one of the highest like graded running backs coming out of college ever. Um, so yeah, so I, I think the ACL injury is behind him, hopefully. Um, the MCL, you know, anytime an MCL happens, you know, they're this, the sprains are normally not that big of an issue. Um, if it's like a grade one, you know, really, you could even have the potential to not miss a game. Um, and then the ankle, you know, the, the ankle was a freak accident. You know, he stepped on, I think it was a guy from the other team. And, man, the way it rolled in the balloon that ensued, it was giant, right? So it was likely at least a grade two uh, uh, ankle sprain, meaning that the ligaments were, like, actually really stretched, um, you know, kind of. Unspecified grade one. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so it, it ballooned up. Ankle sprains don't really concern me too much. Um, If they're like chronic, like Duncan said, you know, you could have, you know, chronic. um, uh, -rolling. -rolling. (laughs) The the ligaments come a little bit lax, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So he could be prone to more ankle sprains in the future. Um, But yeah, I know I'm I'm all over Saquon this year. Uh, He's going in like the fourth round of like dynasty startups i don't know where he's going in redraft i haven't i haven't looked at redraft much yet um i love him at that price you know he's still only he's still only 25 they improved the offensive line they improved the wide receiving core you know hopefully daniel jones has a better year opens up saquon more obviously he's gonna he can get he can catch passes out of the backfield so i I love saquon this year me too i love maria so i think uh last thing we've got for you um, and this is uh, specifically a question from someone in the comics. Comments, not comics. comics. Uh, yeah, I don't really know what I was doing. Uh, Mr. Scampers. Um, and this is on Darius Shaquille Leonard's uh, back surgery. Um, okay. He's had a couple of issues, but he there was a nerve in. They believe there was a nerve in his back that um, was causing pain, I guess, in the off season. He only had surgery as of June. And an ankle in, an ankle injury lingered last season into this off season a little bit, and I guess specifically with the back surgery, um, I've been trying to find out exactly what it is uh, so I can you know tell you um, if you didn't already know what it was. But what type of impact do you think that'll have for a guy in terms of his like mobility and his especially in like the lower half of his body? I guess. Yeah, so I didn't even I wasn't even aware that he had surgery. Um, so it says, "quote that the calf wasn't firing right." Um, so that makes me think kind of really low back, kind of S two ish area, more sacrum than lumbar. Mm-hmm. Um, so it seems like he must have some kind of nerve entrapment. Um, could have been, um, you know, some kind of slip disc, even potentially if it is like L five S one area. It's pressing on that nerve root. Um, but it see what it seems like, it seems like the ankle injury that he suffered stemmed from the back, from what I'm reading, you know, which is very likely because you know the, the yeah. nerves that are responsible for having those muscles fire, if they're not firing properly and you're not running right, you're not cutting right, etc. You know, it predisposes you to uh, to injury. Um, you know, back back surgery is never good, right? Uh I want to avoid <laughs> back surgery at all costs. 
Um, I can attest to that. Yeah. So it, again, I'm, I haven't read at all about his injury, but if I had to guess, it would be some kind of nerve entrapment, potential disc. Um, yeah. So all of the reports don't have anything. I looked through a couple of them. I don't see anything yeah, that specifies this specific injury. So it does, it does make it a little bit of a broader question. Um, but yeah, I, I can attest to that. Back surgery in any matter is not great, but it's something that they could have done if it was just like a super simple nerve entrapment and they were able to do it arthroscopically and just get a small incision and get it out. But if it was something with a disc, I think that you can correct me if I'm wrong, does lengthen the, mm-hmm. the recovery a little bit more and make it yeah. a little bit more risky for him. Yeah, the, this, this tweet that's on this article that I'm currently checking says the team actually believes that he'll be back near training camp that tweet was like being third yeah Um, and he said his ankle on leg already feel better yeah so you know any any time that there's you know i'm assuming here obviously i don't know what the injury is but anytime that there is like some kind of nerve entrapment whenever they do surgery to fix that it's like immediate relief right if they Mm -hmm. if they get what the problem is so if, if that's what he's saying i can assume that's the procedure that he had done um and if he's already feeling better with his lower leg safe to assume that the surgery went well um so i don't see why you know he couldn't he couldn't be back you know it's not like uh there might be some atrophy in like his like lower back muscles but it's not like a you know acl where you got to really re-strengthen that quad or really re-strengthen the calf and the achilles etc it's really just more so that the nerves are firing properly and then the incision heals yeah well, Jose, I know we are just about out of time today. Um, we really appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Once the, we once we inch closer to the season, I think we'll have you on again, go through a little bit of last of redraft and people who are looking to just know about their teams. We'll promote a little bit, have everyone come ask some questions in the comments. Thank you to those who asked Jose questions in the comments. But before we send you off, why don't you tell us where we can find you on your socials and the rest of your content? Yeah, um, so I really only have Twitter that's going for me right now. Uh, you can find me at FF underscore injury and then um i haven't put out an article yet just yet this season uh but the undroppables website um i you know try and do maybe like an article every couple weeks there during the season and then i also have uh, an injury tracker that i keep up to date each week during the season to try and stay on top of the injuries yep and anybody who plays fantasy our jose's injury tracker is incredible and is very helpful and if you're looking to speak more directly with jose he did plug his twitter but you can also come speak with him and the rest of the team about injuries on the undroppable discord which you can get by getting on patreon for sure awesome but thank you so much jose we will have you back on soon please stay safe in that storm yeah guys thank you so much for having me thank you Jose. have a great night see you guys all right well a lot of interesting a lot of interesting tidbits i knew like i said i knew in my head about the um the production levels post acl but having it in numbers is actually really interesting i didn't know that that was actually a numerical thing that was oh, yeah. published for sure yeah awesome so the rest of our show today the, re- the second half of our show is going to consist of some news and some nfc south storylines Um, There is a good amount of news to go over. There's one key piece that I'm going to talk about a little bit more, but we can kind of go through the first ones briefly. Um, The Hall of Fame game is tomorrow, Thursday night, between the Jags and the Raiders. Um, Cardinals are really, like, going through it right now. Marquise Brown was arrested this morning for criminal speeding at 7.05 this morning. Don't know if he was, like, late to training camp or what that was all about. Um, But he was 
reportedly going over 85 mile 85 miles an hour um it is classified as a class three misdemeanor punishable by up to 30 days in jail a fine of 500 dollars, and or up to one year of probation staying on the cardinals train cardinals have we're gonna have to talk about this one though cardinals have rescinded their study clause for kyler murray after we had a full conversation about it last week the next day they as always news came out that they rescinded it um i know you have a strongly opinionated about this but why don't we i'll just i i will be quick because this isn't even near the most important thing that we're going to talk about yeah how stupid how stupid (laughs) are you as an organization if you put it in there just leave it god damn it like the yep. dude called his own pref- press conference so he could talk about that specific part of it. It's so stupid. It's so dumb. It's so unnecessary. Like it was there for a reason. It was not accidentally put in there. The Cardinals were like, no, we did. Uh, you know, we believe they just. No, clearly you don't because you put it in the contract. It does not yep. get in that contract accidentally. And to say that it did is like it's bullcrap. It's it's ridiculous. Um, the fact that they rescinded it is hysterical. Um, the fact that they didn't see this coming is even funnier. Yeah. It's just that's what they really said. Big. They were like, we didn't see it was going to cause such an uproar. You're, we're you're an idiot, and you're not paying yeah. attention. Whoever made that decision is a is a moron. So yeah, that's all. Well, my one say. thing I will say about that is that I found a tweet today. I sent it in our UN chat, and I will let you know where you can find it. You can find it on Twitter. Um, it was posted by at its Kyle Covers on Twitter. Um, and he said he found, I don't know if he did this himself or no, it was on Reddit, um, a post from Reddit that says a s- statistical analysis of NFL quarterback Kyler Murray's performance shows that he plays worse when there's an active double XP weekends happening in Call of Duty. There were rumors saying that he played a lot of Call of Duty even during the season. And he goes through to look at his passer rating, passing yards, completion percentage and win loss record of which his non two XP weekend is 18, six and one. And on his two XP weekends, it's four and seven for win loss records. So when you got, when you got to, when you got to grind with the boys, you got to grind with the boys. I think that's, yeah. And that's why there was a clause playing video games in the background doesn't count. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Shout out, shout out his squad mates. So, and saying on Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray has COVID. Um, so he'll be out for the next couple of days. I think that came out on like Monday ish earlier on in the week. Um, but he does have COVID. Um, And the big news that I did want to talk about, we found out over the weekend, the NFL was going to release their fine. Well, the independent investigation council was going to release their findings and recommendation from the Deshaun Watson hearings. Um, Judge Sue L. Robinson was the one presiding over it. And the ultimate decision that she came to was a six game suspension for Watson in which he would really lose no money because of his really messed up, contract format um the nfl has appealed that in which roger goodell will be able to have the final say or someone he nominates will have the final say the whole process is very weird um the nfl pa is now suing the nfl about it it's expected to go up to federal court because the nfl pa says there's a lot of acronyms here says that the cba which is the collective bargaining agreement of all the players um and the nfl said that Goodell can't do this but technically it does it's very strange um but there's a good chance that if this keeps going to court that Watson is still going to be on like the exempt list while going through it and then have suspensions but Goodell has requested it be it had to be two to two business days so it should be through now and he requested an indefinite 
suspension with minimum so I, don't, I, don't, year, I believe I don't, what, know, I don't know if it was I, official or what they well, were the well, insiders say I, so i don't i i just want to be clear i don't think requested is the correct word um and i think okay. wording is very important um i think that's what his end goal is i believe what okay. is, yeah so again just wanted yeah. to be clear that yeah yep. that seems important to clarify yep and I recommend everyone who is looking to learn more about the case or talk more about the case to read Sue Robinson's decision. And I'm going to say I'm really sick of the argument. Well, you're fighting against a woman judge. I don't care that it's a woman judge. If I, if personally, I think it's unjust. Um, but if you do go on to read her proceed, like her findings from the report, she says he is, he has done this. He's, she's basically saying, you know, guilty for him even though it's not a criminal court she's saying he is a danger to other people uh to do this again he's likely he could do this again there is a clause in her suspension that says he can only see team massage therapists which in and of itself is saying basically we don't trust you to go anywhere else because we know this is what you did um but the most interesting part of it all is that she made her six game suspension she is very clear that that's the number because of the nfl's history with suspensions relating to sexual violence well she doesn't like the term sexual violence she doesn't call it she says it's not sexual violence it's sexual mischief or whatever um but it's because of how the nfl has handled cases like this in the past um that they decided to go with six games because the NFL has set this precedence themselves, which I can't argue with everything. Everything's sort of like this crimes against women, sexual assault, physical, domestic assault. It has been minorly prosecuted compared to weed and betting on your own team. And overall, I'm just disappointed with the outcome of it. Um, I did put out a Twitter that I don't have to go into all of it right now, but as someone who has faced sexual assault before my stomach and my heart are my stomach's in a knot my heart is shattered and I think it's absolutely disgusting and I really do feel bad for everyone who's just gonna kind of have to put their experiences behind them their past behind them in order to do their job with working with a sexual predator yeah I mean I don't have a lot to add I agree with everything you said so um If it's all right with you, I'm going to move on unless there's more you want to talk about. Please do. Um, So another news, this was released a day after the Deshaun Watson stuff started going down. Uh, The Dolphins have been found guilty uh, of tampering uh, between the years of 2019 and 2022 on three occasions uh, through conversations with quarterback Tom Brady and the agent for then New Orleans Saints coach Sean Payton. Um, Yeah. This does have to do with the same investigation that was being held in regards to the uh, purposeful losing of games that was, I guess, brought up by uh, former head coach Brian Flores. Uh, They were not found guilty of that to any degree. Um, But for the tampering, uh, they will lose their 2023 first round pick as well as a 2024 third round pick. And uh, the owner... um, Ross is his last name. Stephen Ross will be suspended through October 17th. Uh, He will not be able to be at any Dolphins facility or any team event or anything. And he was fined $1.5 million, as well as the vice chairman slash limited partner Bruce Beal uh, being fined $500,000 and is 
sort of basically suspended from league meetings for the rest of the 2022 season. Um, so that was interesting. Uh, that came, I, I knew they were doing the thing about looking into the, you know, trusting the process of it all, but did not expect to hear anything about tampering. I kind of just thought that that would kind of just never be talked about by the league because obviously mm-hmm. we remember the reports of, Oh, they're going to team up Tom Brady and Sean Payton in Miami. Like that's why Tom Brady's retiring right now or whatever. Um, didn't really yet ever expect anything to come of it, but apparently there's smoke where there's fire and this is what came of it. Uh, Tom Brady and Sean Payton uh, will not incur any like issues uh, when it comes to this. Uh, but yeah, a somewhat surprising and fun twist in the middle of the week. Yeah. Lots of lots of big news this week is what it is. We mentioned Tim Patrick towards ACL in our earlier segment. Lots of injury news. Same thing as always. Please go look up that news for yourself because I could we could make an entire show just about training camp and injury news. Um, all of that is readily available on NFL.com um, and throughout wherever you consume your media. Really, it is everywhere. Um, but we have about 15 minutes left. We're going to speed through our new uh, division, and that will be the NFC South, in which we have the Falcons, Panthers, Saints, and Bucks. Why don't you lead us off with the NFC South? Yeah, so once again, uh, we're just going to be talking about storylines that we're interested in and basically keep going to be keeping an eye on personally throughout this uh, 2022 season. Um, because, you know, outside of just, you know, will this guy play well? Will, you know, the fantasy aspect of it all, we're just intrigued by how these different things will kind of last. Um, but the first thing that I, I'm keeping my eye on in the NFC South for the Atlanta Falcons is Marcus Mariota being back as a starting quarterback for the first time, at least in a consistent role since his time with the Titans. Um, there is a part of me that has always had a, a slight, you know, a part of my heart has always been there for Marcus Mariota because I remember the days where we were going to trade our entire team uh, to reunite Chip Kelly with Marcus Mariota, and then we were going to go win 20 straight Super Bowls. Obviously, I didn't pan out for anyone involved in any of that. Um, but, yeah, it, it'll be interesting because he played fairly well in the couple of opportunities that he's gotten in Oakland slash Las Vegas the past couple of years. Um, and now he's got a chance to be a starting quarterback again at least in the short term. The problem is that the Atlanta Falcons have one of the worst offensive cores, offensive rosters in the entire NFL. Uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, they have Kyle Pitts, who you're going to talk about in a little bit, but outside of him, they have no one because Kyle, uh, Kyle, Jesus, Calvin Ridley is suspended for a year at least uh, due to gambling. And after that, they have, well, Brian Edwards, who has not done anything in his NFL career and not a ton else. So not a lot to be excited about with the exception of maybe Cordero Cordero Patterson. Uh, But yeah, I, Oh, also Drake London. Wow. Totally went over my head. I'm, I'm very sorry. Yeah. Drake London, obviously first round pick first rookie off the board. Uh, first rookie wide. Oh my God. First wide receiver off the board in the 2022 NFL draft. I'm having a great night. Um, but yes, outside of a rookie and a second year tight end in Kyle Pitts, not a ton going on there. So Marcus Mar- Mariota is getting a chance to be a starting quarterback again. However, not exactly the ideal situation in which he's going to be able to show that maybe he's improved from the last time that he was a starting quarterback. Yeah. I agree. I 
I think that's probably going to want to be one of the most overall interesting storylines, and not of the NFC South, but of the uh, the entire league. That I think it's really, really going to be a, a coin flip on that one. I'm still my my internal jury is still out. But for me, um, I'm looking at can Kyle Pitts have a year to jump? Um, I know he was not bad, but he was not the once in a generation tight end in year one, which a lot of people, which a lot of go ahead read it. It's okay. Kyle Pitts and Drake London are Spider-Man meme, said Mr. Mm-hmm. Scampers on YouTube. And honestly, I just that's couldn't have said it any better myself. And no, uh, Abe, I did not forget Tyler Azio. I just don't care. Yeah. <laughs> um, but for me, I'm looking if Kyle Pitts can make a big jump. And I was, you know, very clear with a lot of people. So were a lot of other people about Kyle Pitts last year in the first place, especially in a league like redraft. Um, because notoriously tight end is one of the hardest positions to transition from college to the NFL. Um, So while he was decent, maybe good, he did not have that once in a generation season like everyone was hoping. Um, But now that he is the number one target on that offense, uh, it's clear that he has a very good chance to make that step up with someone like Drake London on the field with him, I think will be really helpful. They both are very similar heights and builds if i'm remembering correctly spider-man meme exactly that's what i'm saying so spider-man meme um but they're both really tall should be decent threats in the um red zone so i'm excited to see if how he if he makes that jump and if they're going to play him in a very true tight end style or more in a wide receiver role which was the same question last year but with now another really good wide receiver on the team how are they going to use him now it's a very good question. It's a very good question. Also, this is the Spider-Man meme. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to show it. I like Spider-Man. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Uh, but yes, uh, why don't you take us to what you are interested in uh, examining about the Carolina Panthers for this upcoming season? Yeah, so I'm going to go with really low-hanging fruit and just talk about Baker Mayfield. I'm really interested to see what Baker Mayfield looks like outside of the Browns organization that is an absolute disaster of an organization as of late, as of like, as always. Of <laughs> as of late, but as of always. They had but, like a year when they weren't. Yeah, I know. That was it. So that's why I said as of late, but as of always. Um, so, yeah, I'm interested to see how much of it was just a really messed up organization and injury. I'm going to put that on there because he has had a little bit of injuries, a troubled injury history in the last few years. So how much of it, it's the same way I phrased my question for Allen Robinson, but how much of it was the Browns and injury and can he actually sustain an offense, even though it is not a super high powered offense, really the high power there has been Christian McCaffrey, who's been hurt and DJ Moore, which you'll talk about. Um, but an offense, can he elevate that offense to be a little bit more high-powered? And would he be able to sustain staying quarterback with several people behind him to take his spot? I'm not saying they're elite, but he does have a couple in line behind him that could easily take his spot. Yeah, um, and I think that goes right along with what I'm really going to be paying attention to with the Panthers, which is one of my favorite players in the NFL, and that's DJ Moore. Uh, I love DJ Moore. I've loved him since he came out. Um and honestly, he has been about as consistent, it feels like, as really any player in the NFL uh, since he's been in the league. Um, I mean, his, fre- his freshman, his rookie year, he had 788 yards. And since then, he's had 
1,175, 1,193, 1,157. In his rookie season, he had two touchdowns in the year since. He's had four, four, and four. Um, yeah, I, he's been very consistent, very good. He's an incredible player with all the talent in the world. But I really want to be him. I want to see him be able to take that next step. And I'm hoping that Baker Mayfield can be the guy to help him do that. Um, Sam Darnold is terrible at throwing touchdowns. Um, and I'm not even going to bring up the people that have been playing other than Sam Darnold for DJ Moore. But Baker Mayfield is consistently better at throwing touchdowns at the NFL oh. level. Um, if DJ Moore has that same season with about 1,100, 1,200 yards, but he gets to, you know, eight touchdowns. 10 touchdowns, I think he's really going to be able to be seen as taking that next step toward the elite echelon of the wide receivers in this league. Because again, I think he has that talent. Um, and I think this offense as a whole, I think they have the pieces to help Baker be good enough to help DJ Moore be good. I mean, obviously you've got Christian McCaffrey as well. Um, Robbie Anderson, who almost sort of retired, but also changed the spelling of his name, which is incredible. I didn't really even know you could just do that on a whim. I guess if it's a nickname, it doesn't matter, whatever. Um, but yeah, I love DJ Moore. I'm really looking forward to seeing him with probably the most capable quarterback that he's had in his career so far, um, what he's going to be able to do. Uh, chances are this time next year, I'll be saying the same thing about whoever is going to be their next quarterback. But for right yep. now, ignorance is bliss. And I'm just going to try and look forward to what DJ Moore is going to do this season because I love him and I care about him. Yeah. You sold me on him last season. So I've still been riding the train along with you. So I'm very excited for DJ Moore too. Also, did he, did Robbie Anderson retire? No, no, he didn't retire. Oh, okay. I was going to say, do you think he's going to be at all relevant? I know it's not our, uh no not not for fantasy wise uh, is my guess but uh. no no it's robbie anderson um all right we'll jump into the saints we both have very different topics here but i can start off with alvin Kamara. i'm gonna pull up the actual exact um charges he has but alvin Kamara has an outstanding legal issue um and I just don't know how much he is going to play. It is a outstanding legal issue from the Super Bowl when he was in Las Vegas. No, in Los Angeles, right? It was in, where was it? I'm it getting Vegas. all mixed up. Vegas I should have let you Pro first. Bowl. It was Vegas. Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl. That's what it was. Sorry. Vegas and Pro Bowl, not Super Bowl. I was getting too confused. Um, where he was involved in a really bad assault. He was an assailant in the assault. And all of the, the charges and cases are still outstanding. And it is very likely he can face suspension time and maybe the exempt list. So I'm just, I've been staying away from Alvin Kamara this year. I mean, there is a chance. I'm just, it's a very broad statement, but looking to see how all of these legal proceedings against Alvin Kamara pan out. Yeah. Alvin Kamara is an and, insanely talented guy, but very confusing. Yep. Yes. And it's like, so much of it is still question, like huge question marks with it. And I think a lot of people are letting that there's been a lot of legal stuff going on in the NFL. I mean, you had Henry Ruggs happen, you had him happen, you know, Deshaun Watson happening. So there's been his, it feels like his has almost stepped into the back burner and people are forgetting that that's still outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the guy that, I am interested in seeing for the Saints this season is a man named Michael Thomas, who we've talked about a couple times. Um, but earlier this week, I kind of reminded myself of what has gone on with him 
really over the past couple of years since he set the NFL record for most uh, receptions in a season. Um, they went through a little thing in 2020, I believe it was, after he got injured in kind of week one. He decided to play through it uh, so as not to lose his last year with Drew Brees. Uh, there were a lot of tweets that he sent out uh, that were very vague and just kind of very wide receivery in the nature of, I don't know, calling himself not a snake but the Saints were trying to make him one. It was very odd. It didn't really make a ton of sense. But there was a rift between the team, maybe the head coach, and Michael Thomas. Um, obviously, that ended up, you know, that quieted down. He didn't get traded or anything. Um, but then he didn't play at all last season. Uh, he elected to not have surgery, and he tried to rehab throughout the offseason prior to last season. It ended up not working, and he didn't get the surgery until really close to the regular season, and he ended up just never playing, even after expected to be back after about six weeks. So really weird stuff going on the entire saga. Apparently, he's healthy. He's not going to be playing with Drew Brees. He will be playing with Jameis Winston. Um, but I'm really just intrigued to see if he's going to be able to recapture the form that, I mean, he was incredibly consistent from the first day that he stepped in the NFL. Um, he was very good. And part of that was, you know, he had Drew Brees throwing in the ball. So I'm excited to see what it looks like for him in a post Drew Brees world, post injury world, hopefully, and see if he's the guy that we kind of thought he was and he's insanely talented or if maybe it was Drew Brees. I cannot hear you. Uh, oh, there we go. Can you hear me now? You're back. Um, so my thing was, uh, are you still sticking with your last week's statement of you're not going to get hype on him until? Oh yeah, late on. Okay, just yeah. making, just checking. Um, and our last team to talk about in the NFC South with perfect timing, um, is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I can go really quickly first. Mine is about, you know, what is the tight end room going to look like after Gronk's retirement? And also, like, will Gronk stay retired the entire season? Kind of goes into that play. Um, but their depth chart right now has Cameron Brait as the tight end one. But the tight end room is Cameron Brait, Kyle Rudolph, Kate Otten. Um, So I'm interested to see what that room looks like, if it's a spot that's going to be run a little bit more committee-like, uh, if they're going to be involved more in blocking and just how the entire scheme changes with a new head coach and missing a key piece of the offense like Gronkowski. Yeah. And speaking of blocking, the thing that I am recently very intrigued by when it comes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is the fact that their offensive line is seemingly falling apart. Mm -hmm. um, I have not seen an update on Tristan Wirfs, who I know left practice either today or yesterday. I think uh, they said he's all right. Like nothing serious. Okay. Oh, yeah, he is fine. Uh, yeah. He did get carted off, but yeah, it looks to be just cramped. So that's yep. good to hear. But they did lose their starting uh, very good center in Ryan Jensen. And really, the thing that concerns me is the fact that Tom Brady being Tom Brady is so dependent on having time in the pocket for years. And this is before he's been, you know, 40 something years old. If you could get to him, you're probably like you have a much better chance of beating him. That's how the Giants did it twice in the Super Bowl. That's how the Eagles did it in the Super Bowl. So if 
the offense, I mean, you saw it last year in the in the playoffs with Tristan Wirfs being injured. And if yeah. these issues continue, I'm just curious, you know, at 40 whatever years old Tom Brady is at this point, how well is he going to be able to hold up with a seemingly lesser than great offensive line with one mm-hmm. starter already down for the count? Yeah. Um, which is disappointing. Then again, it's Tom Brady, so who knows? Yeah. But I mean, maybe it doesn't matter at all, but that's what I'm intrigued to. I'm going to keep my eye on and yeah, I guess see what happens. I completely agree with you. He is a completely different player, like absolute two sides of a coin when he doesn't have time in the pocket. So that should be really interesting. Um, and that is actually perfect timing for us to finally wrap up for the day. Thank you all who sat with us today on this lovely Wednesday evening. Duncan, why don't you tell people where we can find you? You can find me. On Twitter at mpduncan75, you can find me uh, here Wednesday nights uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Playbook with you, Ashley. Uh, you can find me in the um, Undroppables Discord, which you can get access to by going to our Patreon uh, and pa- Patreoning us. Yep, being a patron. That. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do that. And yeah, you can find me wherever you need to find me whenever you want to find me. So uh, and real quick uh, before we say goodbye, I just want to give a shout out to Abe on DFS Docket, which uh, their show is starting not long after ours is Mm -hmm. ending. If you're watching live or if you're listening, you can also find DFS Docket on streaming platforms uh so yeah check him out check that show out they're gonna be talking running backs for the upcoming season uh, and they should be starting very soon after we hang up but just want to give him a shout out real quick love that and you can find me on twitter at ashley underscore marie with two a's and ashley um i completely forgot did you want to show that video before we go no before okay um you can next week Okay. You can find me on Twitter at Ashley underscore Marie with two A's and Ashley. You could find me also on the undroppables discord channels by becoming a patron. Um, you could find all of my content at the undroppables.com and here every Wednesday night, not next Wednesday though. You could find me in Disney world that day. Um, but most Wednesday night, 8 PM Eastern standard time live or wherever you listen to your podcasts later on. Duncan has been pro- publishing them pretty fast, so if you are, like just missed the show, you should only have you should have access to it a few minutes, a few hours later. Um, thank you all for watching, hanging out. If you feel like you enjoyed yourself, make sure to leave us a review on Spotify and Apple Music, uh, five star preferably, and recommend us to but whoever likes listening to football. I mean, we'll take whatever. Well, we just like reviews. I'm fine um, with average. Yeah, in in a world full of. I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> Being average it. is fine. Um, thank you guys for hanging out. We will see you uh, very soon, next two weeks, I believe. Bye, everyone. Have a great night.